Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. And Luno SA. Aussie-owned. Made for South Australia. Welcome to Sports Day SA. It's Paul Bonzer filling in for Ben Hook, who's filling in for David Wildey. And with me... (laughs) Sitting right here is Dan Menzel. Menz, welcome to Sports Day SA. Bonds, it's good to be here. I had a show last week, so I really uh, enjoyed that experience and uh, looking forward to uh, having a chat with you today about some great sport going on around the world. Yeah, it'd be fun. And you can be part of the show as well. It's uh, You can dial in on 8 to double two three double O double O, or you can text us on 0437 693 Be part of the show, uh, even on Twitter, at Sports Day SA. And uh, we'll get the show rolling with our hot topic, thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty for Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by our Char Time fan favourites. Have you had a Char Time? They're good stuff. I, I, I am a fan of uh, those different flavoured drinks, is how some, bubble teas. some of my mates would put it. But um, <laughs> Different flavoured yes, drinks. Yes, absolutely. Um, but no, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a, a good one. And they, they're coming in too, and they're big, they're big now. So um, absolutely get around them. All right, uh, men's our hot topic. We're going to talk to listings, aren't we? We are going to talk to listings. Uh, obviously, Adelaide named a few uh, over the weekend, and um, there's some interesting ones around the competition. It's a tough time of year for players, obviously. Uh, moving between clubs, we've seen that with the trade period the last couple of weeks, but uh, a lot of guys, unfortunately, without a home now and have to weigh up uh, their future going forward. Yeah, um, we do have a caller on the line, actually, who, who wants to talk, not, doesn't want to talk to listings, but we'll maybe get back to that because he wants to talk about potential draftees in the sandful. So uh, Jason's on the line. Jason, welcome to Sports ASA. Good afternoon, Daniel. And I have Paul. forgotten the other guy. Your, <laughs> the other guy, name? yeah. No, the other guy will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to say that um, I'd like to ask Menz in his year in the SNFL, who has been the best players in the SNFL and who does he think will be in the mix for AFL draftings? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think that uh, if we look at this season, um, obviously Aaron Young won the McGarry medal, and I think he had a great grand final, and he was a chance to win another medal if they got up. Um, so he's an obvious one. Riley and I, my teammate, won the coaches' votes as well. So they're the two that stand out. I really like Nick Rokar's season as well. So there's three names for you there, and... Bonzi wants to know who's going to get drafted. Uh, well, I've got a couple of teammates that I'm really hoping get the opportunity, and I think they will. And um, yes. that's Matthias Philippou and uh, Adam DeLoya as well as a state captain. Um, a couple other players from other teams potentially as well. You have mentioned Harry Barnett in the past. Yeah, Harry Adelaide. Barnett's a, a tall ruck forward from West Adelaide who 
we saw late in the season, made his league debut late in the season. He, he looked uh, very good. Yeah, he did, absolutely did. And there's a couple of others at West Adelaide that looked really good in Tom Scully and Harry Lemmy as well. So they have been known to uh, produce some really good young uh, uh, key defenders and key forwards of West Adelaide in, in, of late. And the, there's going to be a few that I think will go from West Adelaide. So definitely keep an eye on that. Thanks for your call, Jason. I pre- appreciate you being part of the show. And we got Tyrone from Woodville. The callers are flying in, men's. Tyrone, welcome to Sports Day SA. Are you there, Tyrone? No, he's not quite there. Uh, look, um, Daniel, Daniel, I heard you speaking on the radio the other night, and uh, I was just wondering how your brother's going. <laughs> How's his knee coming along? That's a that's a good question. It's um he, it's coming along well. He did his ACL for those who don't know um, mid year this season. He actually did it at the start of the year and uh, tried to play through it without it, which is a new obviously method going forward. And he got through about six games and then unfortunately ruptured it completely. So he's uh, he's going to look at coming back around about mid season next year. So it'll be massive for obviously the Woolworths Torrens and us in the forward line when he comes back. So no, he's going well at the moment, just ticking along nicely. Thanks, Tyrone. Appreciate you. And uh, also, this man, this this man is uh, one of the regulars uh, on any show around <laughs> around Adelaide. Johnny from Port Augusta. Uh, thanks for joining us on Sports ASA. Hi, Paul. Daniel. I uh, just on the listings and then one on Greg Chapel. Uh, the listings. I am surprised that Stephen Rose boys been dropped, if you like, or. Delisted. I mean, I think he's a, there's worse players down there than him, and that's coming from a Port man. Uh, no, he's a nice player. He's a, good, he's a good little player. I hope he gets picked up at six up him. But, um, no, he's not a bad player. He's a good player, young Jimmy Rowe, and um, I can't believe it, to be honest. I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. But, um, Paul, I know you're a big cricket man. And, um, yes, my friend. Greg, Greg Chappell, who would be South Australia's greatest ever homegrown Sports person, I'm going to go with Greg Chapel. Forgetting Bradman, who's born in New South Wales? Uh, I mean, um, Leighton Hewitt would I be mean, pretty close. Uh, Leighton Hewitt, yeah, It'd Leighton be Hewitt close. would be right up there. Yeah, yeah, but Greg, did you see Greg Chapel play? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, when I was very, yeah. very young, I was re- I was one of no, I saw him, him play got, a little bit. Yes, I've, I got him better than Ricky Ponting, and that's saying something. His Ricky Ponting was a great player. Yeah, it's a great but, discussion. Um, He's very close. He's, he was a he was yeah. the most stylish batsman I'd have, I'd ever seen. Absolutely, play. he made Australia's team of the century at number four. And the, the, when you go through the bloodlines, I mean, I know the Gene Chapel there. The grandfather was a freak, Big York Richardson. I mean, um, he played everything under the sun and played it really well. And if you go back, I've read through the cricket, through the history of Australian cricket to a degree. Um, there's one bloke that goes with him, uh, Matt, um, George Kiffin from the 1880s. Nord's first ever goal was an off-spinning all-rounder, 1880s, 1890s. Did you Back see? Did you see him election. play? Did you see him play, Johnny? No, I didn't quite see him play. <laughs> no, I'm a sports mate. I'm a Thank, sports supporter. Thanks for I'm your call, Johnny. I can read. I love your work. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, mate. Uh, Johnny from Port Augusta, always a big part of uh, most of the shows around Adelaide. He loves calling in and having a chat. Now, we're going to talk about deal listings. Let's get on to that. Um, it, it's been quite a few, and um, James Rowe was just mentioned then, 
But there's uh, you've got a bit of a list there, Mens. Yeah, I do, and I, I'm, I love that Johnny brought that up and mentioned about James Rowe, and we'll touch on that in a second. Obviously, Adelaide um, T- Davis is another one, and Brett Turner, who obviously got picked up in the mid-season draft and uh, and there for three months and gone. If we look at Port Adelaide, you've got Frederick, you've got Mays, Schofield, and Skinner, and then a couple others as well from clubs um, around the AFL that have guys that have come from the Sandful. So Jackson Callow uh, was at Hawthorne for a year and a half. He got picked up in last year's mid-season draft. Yes. Uh, Patrick Nash as well. Um, and then Zane Williams is the other one who went to Geelong and obviously three months there and, and has been delisted too. So it's uh, it's a really interesting one this time of year, like I said. And, and being a player and being in this position in the past, it is, um, it's really difficult. It's really challenging because your life um, situation is very public and it's public knowledge and you talked about on shows like this, which makes it uh, that much more challenging because you're, you're hoping to get an opportunity, but it might not come. And I'm going to start on James Rowe. Um, it's interesting. I think that uh, John's spot on when he says he had two years, he's a good player, um, and maybe the knock on him is that he doesn't lay enough pressure. Yeah, he's got that X factor. He kicks nice goals. It does frustrate me, to be honest, at AFL level that um, some recruiters go in one direction and it's very much a copycat league, and then other recruiters go, yeah, well, all right, so Richmond won a flag with a couple of really good pressure forwards. We, we just need pressure forwards in our team. Yes. Um, the guys that can bob up and kick goals, there's not many in the AFL that can actually do that, and it's why they are so valuable. Um, their pressure is obviously important too, but I think what you've got to do is when you've got guys like James Rowe who you say this might be the knock on him, you've got to put players around him that can complement that, all right? So you've got guys who go – I know you're not going to be able to kick a goal or do something that we need like James Rowe, but we'll put you in the team so that you can lay the tackles, you can lay the pressure. So it's a really interesting one. For me, it's disappointing Zane Williams didn't get longer than three months. Um, I think his development over the next couple of years is going to be massive. Um, and then obviously Brett Turner is another one that uh, unfortunately he did his Liz Frank, I think it was. Uh, not his Liz Frank, he did an ankle um, yes. before he got picked up by the Crows, missed eight weeks and then came back and – a player who's been there in the past when I've uh, when you've been injured somewhere through the season and you miss eight to ten weeks and come back, you're nowhere near going to play at the level you want to because your fitness is gone. And so I almost feel like once he got to the Crows, his, his chances were almost done because the fitness level had gone and he wasn't able to get back to that level that he was playing at the start of the yeah, year. Yeah, and we, and we saw in the Sanford finals how how well he can play. He he was excellent in the for the Crows in the Sanford finals. And maybe there is a bit of a rumour that they might rookie him and, and pick him up again. So hopefully for Brett Turner's sake. Because uh, as a player, as a Brett Turner or a Zane Williams, you're not saying no to being signed by an AFL club, are you? No, you're not. And so the challenging thing there is that you, everyone will take their opportunity and you'll back yourself in. As a player, you always back yourself in that I'll be able to do the work and I'll be able to show them that I'm good enough and I'll get another contract. But um can't help but think of uh, someone like a Zane Williams goes to Geelong, the premiership team. They've got Tyson Stengel, who's in incredible form, all Australian this year. Brad Close is an underrated player still. I don't know how he's a great footballer. And you've got Grian Myers up there too. So the chances for Zane to actually crack into that team this year were very, very minimal. And if he potentially went to a North Melbourne or someone like that, I, I imagine he would still be there right now. And would have made his debut, probably. And more than likely would have played uh, AFL, which is an achievement in itself. And um, so it is luck of the draw. That's the way the draft works. That's the way that things work. But um, it is an interesting one with the mid-season draft coming in with players only getting a a three-month contract as such and then potentially being out the door and almost discarded. And teams then going, well, it didn't work there. So obviously there's there's some sort of knock on you, Um, which is not always the case. It's just a scenario sometimes. All right, that's the hot topic for char time for home and freshly brew tea.
or the home, sorry, they are the home of freshly brewed tea. Now, I want to touch on the 36ers just before we go to a break. Uh, I was there on uh, Saturday night. I was there on Thursday night, but we just forget that game. Uh, Saturday night, they had over 8,000 people packed into the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. It broke the crowd record for Adelaide 36ers home game there. And uh, Craig Randall II, one of the new imports, we saw him, what he did against Phoenix in the US. He put on an absolute shooting clinic, uh, 17 points in the last quarter. He finished with 28 and got the Sixers over the line by 10 points. If you have not been to a 36ers game, now is the time because the team they have got is electric and Craig Randall II, you just want to see him play live. Yeah, you do, Bonds. You're spot on. I nearly did that. I nearly went Thursday and I checked the score about five minutes in when it was 10 to nothing and thought maybe it's a good one to miss. (laughs) Maybe I'll let them get into their groove again. Um, Teams that have come back from America when they've played against the NBA teams over there don't have a great record first up. I mean, fair enough. It's a long trip. Um, It takes a little bit of, I guess, match fitness or match hardness to get back into when you're back here. So probably no surprise that it didn't go so well against the uh, Jack Jumpers, but um, like you said, Craig Randall's a must-watch player. Um, they've obviously got the other imports in, in Cleveland and Franks as well. So they are, they're going to be an incredible team to watch this year. The atmosphere at the basketball, for anyone who hasn't been, is as good a sport as there is, I think. Yes. It's every it's always on. There's music. There's things happening. Kids love it. Um, it's why the NBA is so popular with the younger generation. And, uh, and, yeah, I think they're going to have a massive season this year. They've got Sydney Kings in Sydney on Friday night, who yes. are 4-1. and one. No bigger challenge than that. And then the following Friday is their next home game against the Breakers. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets for that. Uh, this is Sports Day SA for Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. We'll be back after this. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds with Dan Menzel with you, and uh, it's been a bumper first first uh, part of the show, and you can be part of the show too. All you got to do is give us a call. 8223-0000. Text in 0437-693060. Uh, men's, it's, uh, men's, it's time for our top seven for Kia, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Sportage. They are the cars of the year, and uh, I'll let, I might let you go first. All right, I'll take You've the, been working hard on this top I'll seven. I'll take the new ball on this one. I've been looking forward to this top seven segment. So I watched a lot of sport over the weekend, and uh, what I understood was it was a weekend of upsets. So I've got the top seven upsets from around the world nice. this weekend. So. We're going to start at number seven. We're going to start with the MotoGP, which was here in Australia. So the Spaniard Alex Rins won the MotoGP yesterday on his Suzuki after qualifying 10th. So massive effort there. Really good to see the Australian MotoGP going so well. I'm going to go to six. Now, this is probably not a massive upset, but my team, Liverpool, they beat Man City overnight 1-0. Man City has been unstoppable this year, unbeatable. So I was very happy to see that result. A result. So, that, so that's just a personal one you just threw it's in there? Personal one, but they were um, <laughs> they were the underdogs. So Great. I'm not going to put them too high, but they're at six. If I, if I go to number five, I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm a big fan of the NFL. And what I saw this morning was the New York Jets beat the Green Bay Packers 27-10 to 10 at Lambeau Field. So Lambeau Field, if you've ever been there, you know where it is. It's obviously the home of Green Bay. It's extremely hard to win there. And the New York Jets have been, to be honest, terrible for a number of years. Ten years. 
10 years. And so they absolutely did a number on the Packers and are now 4-1. and one. It's, uh, it's going to be good to see how the New York teams go this year. I'm going to stick with American sports. I'm going to go to number four, and that is baseball. So baseball is the epitome of upsets at the moment. And I'm going to start with the San Diego Padres have knocked off the 111-win World Series favourites of the LA Dodgers to advance to the Championship Series. One of the other matchups, the Philadelphia Phillies knocked out last year's World Series champs in the Atlanta Braves, and the Yankees take on Cleveland tomorrow in a do-or-die game. So Effectively, if the Yankees lose, we'll see the three favourites in the Major League Baseball World Series or World Playoffs get knocked out. Yeah, it's crazy. So massive there. If you, We'll move to number three, and there's a video going around of this. So I'm, I'm guessing that a few people would have seen it. If you haven't, you have to see it. I'm going to go to college football. So Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49 to 49 in college football. It's the first loss for Alabama this year. Now, they are the powerhouse team in college football. They have been for a number of years. Correct. And what happened after the game was when they won Tennessee, their fans stormed onto the ground, took the upright or the goalpost out of the ground and actually carried it out of the stadium and it was found in the Tennessee River the next day. So, I mean, talk about uh, taking it to the extremes and actually enjoying it a win. It's probably not a, a wise thing to do. So we don't suggest yeah, anyone in Australia picks up a goalpost and carries it out, but go on, man. No, probably not. I, I did see Tennessee actually tweeted and said, we love our fans and we love our passion they are, but we do need the uprights back for next <laughs> week. So that was a, that's a good video going around. I'm going to move to number two, and so I'm going to go to horse racing. We saw the Caulfield Cup and the Everest on the weekend. So Giga Kick at 18-1 to 1 beat Nature Strip to win the Everest. Massive upset. And then Durston, who was an emergency for the Caulfield Cup, also at 18 to 1, one as well. Two massive upsets. I don't think too many punters would have been behind those two. And if I move to number one, I'm going to go to cricket. With the 2020 Cricket World Cup coming up, we are speaking with Bharat later on. He'll probably touch about this on this game, I think. We saw Namibia beat Sri Lanka, who were 14 to 1 to win the game before the game. So massive upset. It might be a uh, sign of things to come in the World Cup. So that are, they are my seven sports from around the world that have been massive upsets this week. Beautifully weekend. done. It's it's probably the biggest upset in cricket for a long time. And uh, as you mentioned there, Dan, uh, Brat Sunderason will be joining us. And also Alex Ross. We're going to cross to him. He's uh, commentating the Shield game at Adelaide Oval. So we'll speak to Alex after the break as well. Now, my top seven, um, I've picked my top seven batters for the T20 World Cup like for it. Australia. Yes. All right. So I've gone, I'm going from one to seven rather than seven to one, because that will confuse everyone. So yes. at the top of the order, I'm opening with Warner and Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Opening the batting. Yes. Huge call. Go uh, on. Marsh at three. Maxi at four. Yep. But Maxi can float a little bit. Uh, Matthew Wade at five. So I'm bringing Wadey up a little bit. Yep. And then Stoinis and David at uh, six and seven. Huge. So uh, 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 you'll notice there there's no Aaron Finch. No, there is not an Aaron Finch in there. and uh, Seeing he's a captain, that makes it a little bit tough on him. <laughs> and, I'm, and I am a big, bit of a Finchy fan, but I think to win it, I don't think we can pick him. No, and he's made some runs of late, but his form has not been good for a long time now. So it would be a massive call. And to go with someone like a Steve Smith to open as well, because the knock on him in 2020 is he's not going to score runs quick enough. If you've got him in the team, though, I don't mind what you've done. You've got to actually allow him to get in. He's, he's going to be the rock of, of the, the 20 overs. So he starts off. It doesn't matter if he starts off a little slow, he can finish quickly. Uh, he's a class act and should hold that batting order together. Let Warner go and fly and uh, Smith just up the other end working once. 
It's uh, it's it's a huge call. It's interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. The reason I don't think it's going to happen potentially is Aaron Finch did not hit 76 runs today against India. He obviously is the captain. So yeah, I did t- this list before. It'd be a tough call, <laughs> but um, I don't mind. I don't mind the call, Bonds. I'd go with you. I'm not sure about his form. Um, I'd love to see um, Maxi obviously and Marsh in at three and four, which you've got, uh, and then David's going to be the one in this competition. It's going to be exciting and great to watch for Australian fans. All right, that's our uh, top seven. Thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted, Kia EV6 and Sportage. They are the cars of the year. And now it's time for the Betfair Labin. Back and lay bet on the Cox Plate. Join betfair.com.au or on the app. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. What are you putting in the bin, Dan Menzel? Yes, uh, I touched on this in the hot topic at the start of the show, and that is I'm going to lay three-month contracts, three-month AFL contracts. Um, we've seen it with Brett Turner. We've seen it with Zane Williams. It has happened in the past. Um, guys that get their crack at AFL, and it feels like they're back out of the system before they've even started. So there's got to be some changes, I believe, to the mid-season draft and how it works. It worked really well in the first year when they had Marlon Pickett come in and win a premiership, but I feel like it's gone away from that and recruiters are just picking up 18, 19-year-olds and seeing if they can develop them. If not, they're back outside the system. Agree 100%. I'm putting in the bin the way the Australians have mucked around with their batting order leading into a major tournament. Like like everyone swapped around. Yep. It's okay to give guys a rest and bring guys in to see if they can you know, see how their form is. But to muck around with the batting order, I, I'm yeah, I'm not not a fan of that. No, it's too risky for mine um, to be doing that uh, leading up into our last practice game. It's uh, it, I agree with you. That's uh, we're fraught with danger there, and you hope that uh, it doesn't come back to bite them. That was all thanks to Betfair. Head to Betfair for live markets on the T20 Cricket World Cup, and you can back or lay bet. Graham Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 This is Sports Day SA with Bonds and Men's. We'll be back after the break with Alex Ross. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you today. All thanks to Weeks, discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. Now, we've got a very special guest, Menz, the sweepologist, uh, Alex Ross is down at the Adelaide Oval and he's with us thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keep you safe on the road. Tyrepower.com.au. Rossi, the Redbacks have had a reasonably good day and not so reasonably good finish. Exactly right, Bonds. How are you guys? Hope everything's going well. Uh, going well, and, my uh, friend. It's uh, it's a, it's an even even contest at Adelaide Oval. Spoke a lot to the, uh, the groundsman. It's, he's extremely happy with the contest uh, provided between the two teams. And, you know, the game is evenly poised and unfortunately a couple of late wickets for South Australia tonight. So South Australia batted first. Uh, we'll bowled out for 227. Jake Lehman, 73. Uh, good to see Lemo with in the runs again. And Ben Menenti, 59. They must have batted well. They did, they did. Jake uh, batted exactly as you'd imagine he does. Uh, cut pretty much everything through point and played really well off the back foot. Ben Menenti's just been the golden hand for South Australia and everything he's touched has, has turned to gold. He's taken a couple of unbelievable catches. If you can get onto the Cricket Live app and have a look at those, uh, both both really, really impressive. And, and both with bat and ball, he's been good. So those guys have held the innings together for the South Australians in the first. And then Tasmania in reply, 245. 
Yeah, so Rossi, we saw um, obviously South Australia in reply a couple of wickets down, Travis Head and Jake Lemon to come in, but Harry Conway came in as a night watchman and he didn't last too long. No, pretty ordinary dismissal, Dan, too. You uh, like to see your night watchman go out and apply himself and either take up on the body or leave really well and siddle through a wide half volley out there and Harry Conway went chasing it for to get off the mark and, and sneak straight through to the keeper. So a little bit disappointing if you were the batsman to come in next seeing that dismissal, but the beans looked like they were going for Harry and Siddle was quick to give him a send-off too. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I want to touch on Siddle actually. He's taken six wickets for the match now. Obviously, um, Jackson Bird as well taken four. They've got some experience in that Tassie bowling line-up. How do you think um, we're going to play them tomorrow? Well, they're just smashing that length, which is so difficult at Adelaide Oval, trying to drag the batters forward and drive uh, these new drop-in wickets. They're not necessarily the easiest to drive on. Um, and those guys, they're, they're great exponents of that length. So I'm sure they'll be the big challenge tomorrow. It'll just be important for the batters to be disciplined. But it's an important day for South Australia in trying to set up a, uh, a total that they can defend and uh, hopefully win the game. Now, you mentioned the pitch, Rossi. I've been listening in, uh, today to the Golden Tonsils that are yours. Uh, and there is a bit of sideways movement there on the Adelaide Oval track, and which is a bit unusual. Yeah, definitely unusual for days of old, but we see it a little bit more and more now, and we're lucky enough to have Chad up in the box too, talking us through the perfect length to bowl. So there is a little bit of movement, and uh, I, I'm really been quite happy with the contest between bat and ball. Not so happy uh, if I was still out there with bat in hand. Um, it's been probably more friendly than what we've seen it towards the bowlers, for sure, Bonds. Wes Agar's performance, four wickets for him? Yeah, the scorecard pretty pretty accurately reflects the way the bowlers bowled. Wes Agar was outstanding all game, actually. was hoping he'd take five because he definitely deserved the way he bowled. Jordan Buckingham, probably the one that was maybe a little stiff. He had the batters playing missing most of the day and only ended up with the twofer. So, Rossi, how many runs are we going to need to be in front to be comfortable against, obviously, this Tasmanian side looking for their first win for the season? I think the boys would be looking to try and make them bat again tomorrow night. Uh, look, whatever that's going to be, maybe 300, 320, with 10 overs tomorrow night, that'd be a great total. And not many many times you see that chase on the last day, especially with the amount of sideways movement still available. So I think something along those lines would be great, but it's going to be challenging to get those. Uh, we've seen in two days of cricket only, you know, 520-odd runs scored. So it'd be a big effort to get 320 by 10 overs to go tomorrow night. And just one on a personal level for you, mate. You've obviously signed with the Sydney Thunder again. So we get to see the Sweepologist again in the uh, Big Bash this year and next year, two-year deal, is it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, really excited to sign on again and really loving my lifestyle at the moment. A bit, a bit of uh, slogging around December time and uh, then managed to sit in the box with Bonds for a little bit uh, and commentate the rest of these guys going about it and toiling for four days straight. So it's a good gig at the moment, mate. It, no, it absolutely sounds like it. Um, whereabouts, when you're, when you're up there, whereabouts are you living in Sydney? Obviously, I was up there for a little bit, some good suburbs up there. You're not out in the West, are you, or are you based in the We're city? We're not out West, although we do love the West. We can't, uh, we can't be too harsh out there. And uh, the, we're, we're in Surrey Hills, which is a nice part of the world, as you know. Wonderful. And it's a, um, a beautiful spot, lots of restaurants, lots of pubs. Lots of uh, really nice-looking people, and uh, and it's a it's a great part of the world. A few of the Poms do try and get down to Bondi uh, and spend a couple of weeks down there. If we've got a couple of weeks in Sydney too, so yeah, we can be spread depending on what the schedule looks like. Rossi, I'll let you go. Um, well done today. It was a beautiful listening, and I uh, hope we can tune in tomorrow and uh, get those Redbacks across the line for us, will you? Oh, we can, we'll do our best up there, Bonds. We got to stay. Uh, 
you know, we've got to stay even, and it's an even contest out there on cricketlive.com and KO, so we've got to uh, remain that way, but we'll all be hoping in the back of our minds for a Redbacks win. Thanks, Rossi. Thanks, Rossi. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Alex Ross uh, down there at Adelaide Oval with the Redbacks, a good chance to win. And that was all thanks to Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Toolkit Depot, shop the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Um, that was, uh, he, he goes all right, Rossi. Very smart man. He is. He, uh, very smart man. No, I can see why he's sitting in the box with you half the time, Bonds, and the other half is out there playing cricket. But um, He's got a beautiful radio voice too. It, he, he does. He puts it on a bit, but uh, yeah. No, he absolutely does, and you can tell he knows his stuff. But um, interesting, obviously South Australia, 41 years since they've won the Sheffield Shield, Bonds. So it's, uh, it's a hoodoo or a voodoo you'd like to get rid of, and um, hopefully things are starting to change because it's obviously been a lean few years there for him. Yeah, I think they're starting to build. It feels like Dizzy Gillespie's got them on the right path and a couple of, I guess, recruits into the state just to help that, I guess, rush that, I guess, development. development yep. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the right thing to do. Um, now, we've got Barat Sunder Racing coming up after the break and he's going to talk all things uh, World T20 Cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the Aussies, the Aussies had a, a trial game against... India today, they went down, but it was pretty close. They played about 18 players, both sides, and a bit of a smack around. And as you mentioned, um, the captain got some runs. Yeah, he Aaron did. Finch got he, 70 odd. He did get some runs today. So I'll be interested to see Barra. He's obviously a very knowledgeable man when it comes to cricket. I'll be interested to see who he thinks is going to be the teams that are, or the countries, I guess, that are actually going to be up there this year. Um, there is no Jasper at Boomer, so I'll be interested to touch on that with him and see what he thinks in terms of India's chances. We obviously, Australia won it last time and beat New Zealand, who is our opening game. So it's uh, it's going to be great to see. There's plenty of teams that can win it. And I guess that is tw- 2020 cricket as well. The West Indies could come out and smash a, smash a title and beat anyone. And just before we go to a break, uh, we, I was having a chat with you uh, during a break. Uh, you're not far away from starting pre-season already. Yeah, look, it's uh, thanks for bringing that up, boys. But, um, yeah, look, oh, well, we, if Sheeds is listening, uh, go your hardest. Nah, well, <laughs> if Sheeds is listening, he'll be saying, "Don't you tell him when we're starting." But um, it's too early, I'll be honest. But uh, we have uh, in AFL footy, unfortunately, it's the longest preseason in the world by a, a long way, and by a couple of months, I think. And I've done a bit of training overseas with some specialists, and that's the number one thing they say to me all the time. I just don't understand how you could train for four months in a preseason when every other sport is one or two months. And I'm like, I think all the players that play AFL footy don't disagree with you at all. So, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's not far away, but, um, yeah, I'm going to continue to enjoy the next few weeks before we do get there because it's long days ahead after that. Oh, uh, well, look, I, look, look, you miss you miss the finals and that's what happens. You've got to put in the hard yards now, man. Well, that's that's the incentive, isn't it? We're not, we're not missing finals next year if we've got to start this early. So, um, no, it's, uh, it's uh, one that uh, we'll get things right. Hopefully pick up some recruits. We're going to see that over the next couple of weeks with those guys that got delisted that we talked about. All right, after the break, we will chat with Barat Sunderason about the World Cup T20. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you. And don't forget the Weeks Open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, discover different. And on the line, thanks to KO. And don't miss risking any of the matches in the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. The man himself, the guru that is Barat Sundaresan. Barat, welcome to Sports ASA. 
Uh, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm uh, freezing my backside off here in uh, Hobart, watching uh, some lively cricket. Let's uh, talk about the games yesterday. An unbelievable, an, an unbelievable result with Sri Lanka actually losing to Namibia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't just like a narrow defeat either, right? I mean, you've seen. We've seen upsets before in World Cups, uh, in cricket and other sports as well, especially at the start of a, of a World Cup. Uh, but this wasn't just a narrow five-run win for, for Namibia. It was a proper thumping, thumping victory uh, by a big margin. Uh, and they looked very good. I mean, look, Namibia did uh, qualify for the Super 10s or Super 12s last year. Um, and they've started off really well again. And they seem to have a team which, you know, you can't take too lightly, as Sri Lanka found out. Uh, and I'm a little disappointed. I was really high on Sri Lanka, having you know been there and watched them do really well against Australia. So a disappointing start for them, and they've left themselves in a in a bit of a quandary to qualify for the next stage. Yeah, absolutely. They have, but right? it's an incredible result, like you said. Now I want to pick your brain a little bit here. We obviously Australia is playing New Zealand on Saturday in the opening match for them. They played each other in last year's 2020 World Cup final. Obviously, Australia at home, very good chance to win. I quite like England. I want to know who you fancy for the tournament and uh, and why. Uh, no, I mean, you're absolutely right about Australia. I mean, apart from the home conditions, uh, on paper, they just seem to have gone stronger. Uh, the, the the arrival of Tim David, um, you know, has given them something that they didn't have before, like this modern-day serial six-hitter, uh, which, which is going into last year's World Cup, the one thing, one element they didn't have. And they still ended up winning, uh, and and which also kind of puts Steve Smith's place in the side into question. So overall, I think they they look better than uh, most other teams out there. In, in England, we saw what they did against Australia in that short series, uh, and more than anything, I think what shown for them was their bowling. Now we all know how strong England are with the bat and wide ball cricket. Alex Hale seems to have come back in, and you know after quite a while and. Uh, filled up that hole left by Johnny Bairstow. Uh So you'd say Australia and England are right on top, but as we've seen today, uh, India have started very strongly against Australia in that uh, warm-up game in, in, at the Gabba. Uh, and I think India's strength is their batting, uh, especially it seems like the arrival of Surya Kumar Yadav and just the way KL Rahul has started batting. They seem to have got the tempo right, uh, but without Bumrah and Ravindra Jadeja, you know, that's why the question marks come. So, you'd say Australia, England and India would still be, you know, in your top three. And then it could be anyone between South Africa and New Zealand. And, and if the West Indies do get through this, um, you, you, you can never rule them out either. Yeah, absolutely. West Indies have got that firepower too. And I'm glad you touched on Bumrah not playing. Obviously, I think massive for India not to have him here. So it does make it more challenging for them. Who, Which are the players of the series that you feel like uh, are going to be standout players to watch? David Warner was the player of the series last year with the 289 runs. Josh Butler's one who's been in some very good form for England. Is there any other names that we should look out for? You know what? I think it's going to be a bowler's World Cup. Uh, and, you know, it's T20 cricket in Australia. Uh, I still think there are a few unknowns about about it. Uh, about the shortest format in these conditions. But we've seen already, even in the game today, uh, the lengths that the bowlers are bowling uh, is very different to what we saw in the UAE, where there's a lot of uh, Yorkers being attempted. But even here in the death, length balls can work. You can you know, bowl to one side of the field. You can use the bigger boundaries. Uh, so I just have a sneaky feeling that uh, you know, it, could be, it could be a bowler who really stars as the player of the tournament. It could be anyone from Josh Hazelwood to... Uh, 
you know, Kakiza Rabada, uh, or for that matter, even even Adam Zampa. I mean, he's got a tremendous record in T20 cricket on Australian soil and everywhere, really. Uh, so I'm going to back a bowler this time. You know what? I'm going to say Adam Zampa is going to be the player of the season. Okay, I'm just writing that down, Barat, uh, just so I can hold it against you later on when we're doing some commentary together. Um, look, I, I just want to also ask you um, about – I've had a little bit of a whinge earlier in the show about Australia mucking around with their batting order rolling into this tournament. So Finch has gone up and down the order. Today he opened the batting. But it's – it's. Um, do you think that's a wise thing to do? They've seemed to muck around with their team – Especially Finch going up and down the order and saying, "Oh no, we're just we're just trying things." Uh, maybe they're doing it because that's what worked for them last year, boys. <laughs> you know, uh, there were so many question marks about this Australian team. Uh, you remember those tours of Bangladesh and West Indies where they lost a lot of games in T20 cricket, and uh, you really do not know what team would show up once the World Cup came around. Uh, and eventually, they got it right. I mean, they stuck to their more or less their Test team attack and. Adam Zampa thrown in there. Mitchell Marsh had impressed, uh, uh, you know, at number three on those tours and they stuck with him there. Uh, So uh, maybe they think that all this tinkering worked for them last year. So maybe it'll work for them again. And also I think it's, it's, uh, it's almost like unheard of that Australia have had so many games to kind of uh, used to prepare for this tournament, right? The three games in India, the three against England, two against West Indies, and the warm-up against India today. So it's given them an opportunity to uh, tinker today. Or like you said, Finch is opening with Mitchell Marsh because David Warner has been given a break. Um, so uh, I think I think more or less they know what, what the playing eleven is going to be. Uh, but we'll see if it works for them this time around or not. The form of Glenn Maxwell, should that be a concern for Australia? Or, or do you think he'll just come good... Once, uh, once the big games start. Yeah, I mean, like when you have like players like Glenn Maxwell in this format, especially, I don't think form really counts for much in a strange way, uh, because I, like you know, put it this way: Would you be comfortable with an Australian playing eleven without Maxwell in it, uh, or will you be more comfortable with Maxwell in it, regardless of what what he's done in the previous game? Uh, because in a crunch game or in a crunch situation, and, and it just it goes the same. I mean, it's for the opposition as well. I mean, they would be more uncomfortable with the thought that Maxwell can come in and change the game. And often in T20 cricket, that reputation counts as much uh, for as as form does. Uh, and that's just the format that we are talking about. So I don't think we have too much to worry about uh, Glenn Maxwell's form. And I would be shocked if uh, you know they leave him out at any stage during the tournament. If Aaron Finch decides to. I guess, stop captaining the T20 side after this tournament, which has, I guess, been rumoured. Um, is David Warner the man to take over? Like, he, are you captains in the IPL and does a really good job? Tactically, he's very smart. Do you think that he is the man and uh, what he's done in the past should be... He's paid his penance, that's what I'm trying to say. I think he, I think he has. Uh, it's been, what, four and a half years now since what happened in Cape Town. And, you know, we, we're reading about it all the time. The decisions taken then were... You know, you have to consider the mood in which they were taken. I mean, Australia as a country was in shock. You know, Australia as a country felt like uh, they had been embarrassed on the big stage by, you know, those three men, also the Warner, Bancroft and Smith. And, but, you know, like David Warner has said, uh, we, I think we need to move on. He's back and, you know, he's definitely more mature than ever before. Uh, and he plays as a leader in this side. In any format you you see, uh, he's always in the bowler's ears. He's always in the captain's ears. So, uh, and considering that the 50-over World Cup in particular is just 10 months away and it's in India, 
and you have a man with so much experience of Indian conditions, I think you would back him. I think you would back David Warner. And I think the time has come for all of us to move on and, and to give him a go. I mean, you know, I don't think, I think everybody deserves a second chance and so does David Warner. All right, before we let you go, Barat, uh, how cold is it in Tasmania again? <laughs> uh, yeah, my backside's freezing here. It, 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 it doesn't feel like uh, October, to be honest. I did go up Blue Mountain yesterday and it was 10 degrees cooler. Uh, and I, obviously, Pons, you wouldn't be surprised, wasn't uh, dressed accordingly. And uh, yeah, it took me a while before I could start driving again. But I, I'm, I'm keeping warm as much as possible. All right, uh, Barat, thanks for joining us again. Uh, appreciate you coming on and having a chat. And I uh, hope you enjoy touring around the country um, with the World Cup, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you back in Adelaide here very soon, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Nothing nothing compares to Shield cricket, as you know, Bonds. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for having me. We're at Sunder Racing there. All thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Dan, it's been fantastic having you in here and... And uh, doing sports day with you? No, nah, it's been great, Bonds. It's uh, it's nice to be on the air and it's nice that it's starting to get a little bit warmer nowadays and we've got some cracking sport coming up over the coming weeks. Yeah, if you're not doing anything for the next couple of days, get down to Adelaide Oval and watch uh, the Redbacks as well. Hopefully get a win against the Taswegians. Thanks for joining us. This has been Sports Day SA. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.